welcome to Wednesday Night Musical Osmosis, where intelligent, dissonant thought meets melodic, euphonious reality. I am your musically magnanimous host, Nick the Saucy One Cat Source, broadcasting to you live from the shadow of Hurricane Mountain, Tennessee, and I also want to introduce my percussively proficient co-host, calling all the way in from Charm City, my pal Odell. What's happening? Oh, my Lord. I'm getting down, man. (laughs) My ass is shaking in this chair. I mean, I'm a white boy, so I don't have any rhythm, but I'm still shaking in the chair back and forth. I would have played the whole song, but it would have took up half the fucking episode. Oh, yeah, you know that. Because all their songs are long. So I want to give everybody today, before we get started, a big, giant, happy Veterans Day. Veterans Day, excuse me. And... Um, let me add a disclaimer to that. Just because you think you're fighting the war on Christmas doesn't make you a fucking veteran. So put down the yep. red cups and all the nonsense. Right? <laughs> is this crazy? I don't want to get political on this show, but is this red cup thing fucking insane? It, 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 <laughs> I, I don't even know where to begin with that thing. I was just like, wow, okay. We have, we have you know, people dying to get to other countries and... and and, and crazy things happening in this country. You have university presidents stepping down because of racial tension, and 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 the, uh, the major story is a, is a red cup, you know, Starbucks. So that yep, yep. <laughs> where that's where our head is. That's why Donald Trump is the front runner because that's where exactly. we are now as a country. So, anyways, today we are going to be talking about Wilmer's Park. And, you yeah. know, I don't think you can talk about Wilmer's Park without talking about Go-Go. And I bet you a lot of people listening to this song. <laughs> are like, who's doing this shitty remix of a Beastie Boys song? I bet you nobody right. has any fucking idea who this is or where Beastie Boys got that song from. They think mm-hmm. this is some kind of ripoff. So why don't you enlighten the masses, Odell? Who is this, and yes. what is Go-Go? This is the Junkyard Band, and uh, Go-Go is, 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 is D.C., um, P.G. County, Charles County, that whole area. It, 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 that music came from that area. And basically, I remember the Junkyard Band when I was a little kid because they literally were playing on instruments that were made out of a junkyard. Like, for example, you know... Like uh, the Fat Albert band. Like Fat Albert, exactly. I was getting there, yeah. It's pretty much the same similar. But the Sardine, uh, Pork and Beans, that song, um, Beastie Boys actually covered that song. <laughs> Which the yeah. Beastie Boys took a lot of influence from BC anyway, since the name Beastie Boys, because, you know, they, their favorite band was Bad Brain, so they wanted a name similar to Bad Brain, so they went with Beastie Boys. Um, wow, so, um, I didn't even know that. Yeah, 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 crazy. But, yeah, they were huge in the DC hardcore and, and, and stuff. And, of course, you know, Beastie Boys, they were a punk band. Oh, um, yeah, definitely. In, in their own right before they, they got into the hip-hop scene. But, yeah, they, uh, I think it was a live album, I, if I'm not mistaken. And all of a sudden, I never forget listening to that. And all of a sudden, right in the middle of it, it's like, boom, they just broke into Sardine. I was like, whoa. <laughs> and I but, and yeah. I bet you ninety percent of the kids who listen to Beastie Boys have never heard of the Junkyard Band or this song, this the original version of this. Oh no, no, I mean, uh, yeah, unless you're from 
the the beautiful thing and and then the tragic thing about GoGo is is that you know it it it, it will always be you know DC's music. It'll always be that area's music. But it never, I mean, there was a few songs that hit the mainstream, like, you know, EU uh, had, had a taste and a few others. But um, a lot of those bands never, you know, got past or got out into the, the populace, if you will, um, just because it just, you know, it was so overshadowed by, you know, you know, hip-hop came out really around the same time, and that really took off, and then all the other music genres. So um, the beautiful thing about GoGo now, if you look at it, like people like Dave Grohl and 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 you know those type of artists who were from the area who embraced it, um, and you know, I mean, and you know Nick, I mean, back in the day they used to have funk and GoGo, uh, you know, funk and punk shows. So oh yeah, you, would, you, you would see Minor Threat with Trouble Funk, or you would see you know you know all these different bands with because. DC and and PG and Charles County and all that, that whole hub it was a one big family and 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 you know everybody was doing their thing and they respected each other and uh, so yeah uh, go go even especially up here in Baltimore you know it's like another world even up here you know you play go go up here and people are like oh that's a DC thing oh I can't believe you're playing that and I'm, and I'm like well, and I'm I mean, from that area so I'm I'm gonna play it you know yeah, and Chuck know, Brown so is a legend. And another yeah. legend um, that kind of propelled Go-Go into the spotlight was Wilmer's Park, and that's what we'll be talking about today. Yes, yes, definitely. Big influence. I don't think anybody who's never heard of or been to Wilmer's Park can understand what an impact that has on our childhood. And it's not just a one type. You know how a lot of clubs are like, oh, this is a punk club, or this is a funk yeah. club, or you know, or this is a metal club. But Wilmer's Park, man, they would rent to anybody. I mean, they rented to us. And let us do things. Yeah. <laughs> that was the beautiful thing about Wilmer's Park. I mean, Wilmer's Park was, you know, was uh, the gentleman that bought it, um, Arthur Wilmer. Um, he bought it in like 1947, if I'm not mistaken. Um, he had a whole bunch of little clubs and stuff in the D.C. area. And in, in, in the history of Wilmer's Park is crazy because he had a whole bunch of little clubs and he would vend, he would have vending machines and cigarette machines in a lot of these little clubs, but you know, you got to remember at those times everything was segregated. So um, he made his money with all these little cubs, and he took that money. He took some of that money, and he bought Wilmer's Park, which at the time was like an 80-acre uh, tobacco farm. Um, you know, basically Southern Maryland at one point was all tobacco. And, yeah. Um, you know, and uh, he bought it. And he opened it and he turned it into a music venue, not only a music venue, but it was a sports venue um, for uh, 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 black entertainment because um, there was no, you know, there was nowhere really for black entertainers to play. So um, if you guys, you know, anybody listening and watch like the movie Ray or listen to anything from James Brown, they always talk about the Chitlin circuit. Well, the Chitlin circuit was the, basically the black circuit. That's where all the musicians played, all the big-time musicians. So, I mean, if you were to go to Wilmer's Park, you would see, you know, oh, man, you saw everybody from Duke in history. I mean, yeah. that's like oh, Woodstock geez. for us is the Wilmer's Park Yes. Yeah. And, and, and people, and I don't he, think, he, get that from the outside. No, not at all. People, I, I don't think people understood. And, and, and the beautiful thing about Alton Wilmer was, not only did he, you know, he adapted with the times, too, because 
you know, he had band, he had groups like The Temptations and Stevie Wonder and James Brown and Otis Redding and all of these Hell, I got a text artists. from you today that said Metallica played Wilmer's Explanation Point, and I didn't even know that. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Billie Holiday, I mean, all of that, and then once, basically, it was a hub for for black, uh, and this is the crazy thing, it was a hub for um, black artists, but then when segregation was eliminated, Wilmer's Park started losing money because they couldn't monopolize on the black entertainment. All the black entertainers started going to other venues you know, that didn't accept them earlier. So he, as a, the, the smart man that he was, he was like, okay, well, i got to go another avenue. So, like, in the 70s, Wilmer's Park really wasn't hitting on too much. But then in the 80s, he started taking a metal band. <laughs> and, and he got into that scene. And then, you know, because basically he took in what people needed. So, yeah, like, you know, I was going through and looking at all the bands that played there, and I was like, whoa, Metallica played there. Holy crap, you know, that's <laughs> all that they played there. The route you know, is insane. Um, let me cut you yeah. off real quick before I forget. I just got to yeah. do some quick plugs. This week coming up on all the shows, we're having a very musical weekend. Friday, we've got Brian from the band Rooftop Revolutionaries coming on. Then Eleanor, the singer of Rooftop Revolutionaries and the host of Act Out, it's an activist show, is coming on our Sunday panel. Kettle of Fish, we are having Alex White from White Mystery. And then next Wednesday, right back here on Musical Osmosis, who are we having, Odell? Ah, uh, the Orwell. <laughs> Mario. Yes. Uh, Como. Yes, from... Uh, not that Mario uh, Como. No, not that one. <laughs> but uh, I, I think a uh, young kid is a lot cooler. <laughs> yeah, this is the perfect week to have my fucking midlife crisis, because I'm talking about Wilmers, yeah. and we're having all these rock bands on. So this is perfect. Oh, by the way, Odell, I said I had a surprise for you. You know, you can't yeah. talk about Wilmers without talking about Go-Go. And you can't talk about Go-Go music without talking about this man. I found this on YouTube. Tell me if you Uh-oh. can name this voice from your past. Tell people who you are. Go-Go, and I ain't know the Go-Go means to me. That's until 1986, back in old school days, Go-Go jam. Go-Go, and I ain't no used to get up on the stage and dance my ass off with all my favorite good old school Go-Go band songs I love. Like Godfather, Go-Go, Chuck Brown, Big Tony, Trump, and Funk, and my man Little Benny, and the Master Bus, John Calabay, <laughs> the Sugar Bee and You, Slick Red, High Cool Sweat, and the Dave Eddie Ray. Them are my best crack of heart, good eight old school Go-Go band songs that Go-Go, and I ain't no always enjoy party with. Who is that oh, man? The legend. That would be the one and only Go Go Orlando. Oh man, that's my dude. I don't. I thought, man, there's been a many nights where I was driving home from work, and he would be walking down the real one, and I and I would pull over, and I'd be like, Go Go, you need a ride? He's like, Yeah, man, I need a ride. I need to go to Denny's or whatever, and I would take him up to Denny's, drop him off, and he would have his tapes with him, and oh man. I don't know whatever happened to him. That video is from about four years ago. I, I will mm-hmm. tell my go-go story, and then I've got Jimmy Swader on the line. I want to get him in here, and then we could go back okay. to a little bit of the history. Don't mean to be all over the map here. i got a lot of calls and stuff coming in tonight. But um, oh, cool. we were working at Olive Garden. We were both dishwashers, and go-go only worked there for like three days. But he had a keychain. <laughs> He had gone to Bush Gardens or King's Dominion. I think it was, I think it was King's Dominion. And he had a keychain with a picture that he got taken while he was on top of the roller coaster. You know, the roller coaster will take the picture. Mm-hmm. And he got it put on a keychain. And he's like, "Look what I got! 
I got a picture of Go-Go. Go-Go was on, was on the Thunderbolt or the Grizzly or whatever roller coaster he's on. And I was at the top, and I was like, Go-Go Orlando. Go-Go Orlando like to go down the roller coaster because I'm roller coaster because I'm Go-Go Orlando. He started dancing everywhere and shaking his keychain. It, it made washing <laughs> dishes almost bearable working with Go-Go Orlando a couple days. <laughs> there you go. He was an uh, amazing he's, he's a- Guy, amazing I think person. He still is. Such a, around. Yeah, and such a kind heart. I mean, just he was. He he had no problem talking. I mean, I don't care where you were from or wh- who you were associated with. Everybody knew who Gorgo Orlando was or is, and 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 they had a story. <laughs> Can you name the <laughs> similarities between Gogo from the Gogo Circuit and Bobo from Avail? They're almost Ooh. like twins of each other, right? One in the punk scene yeah. and one in the um, go-go <laughs> scene, right? That's a weird parallel, we a, Bobo and Go-Go. We should do a movie. I think they, they may have been separated at birth. <laughs> yes. All right, let me get Jimmy Swader in here. Cool. Jimmy, what's up? What's up, buddy? Nothing, man. Um, did you know Go-Go Orlando? Yep, I knew him. <laughs> Yeah, but I, I heard he's I heard he's still around Brian's Road. Somebody seen him a couple months ago. Okay. Wow. Have you ever Are had interaction still? with him? Huh? Have you ever had interaction with him? You ever hung out with him or anything? Yeah, he used to he used to go up to Wilmer's Park all the time. Yeah, you ever have a conversation with him though? Yeah, and he used to hang out the Burger King up at uh, uh, Brian's Road too. Yeah, yeah he's a wild yeah. guy, ain't he? It, <laughs> He drove that green car, a little green car. <laughs> yeah, there's a video of him in that car on YouTube going into full go-go power mode. Yep, he's he always like a little, superhero. He always has a little radio with him. Little, yes. <laughs> Never leave home without oh, it. Exactly. All right, Adele, you want to jump back into some history for us and lead us into Wilmer's yes. Park and why it was so important? Excuse me, I'm coming down oh. with flu. Oh, no, no worries. But, no, like I was saying, you know, this is the history from – <laughs> you know, the, the Chitlin circuit to all the way to, you know, like just the different scenes that he, that was there. I mean, you got to look at, you had like the, the metal scene was there. Um, the, like the hippie scene, that was a huge, like. Oh, yeah, I forgot. You know, I should have got Dan yeah, Sheehan to call in. I forgot about yeah, that. Like the all the botanicals like, and all that. Mm-hmm. Like the All Good Festival, I think it originated there. Yeah. Um. They would do like Jerry Garcia's birthday celebrations there, like different anniversaries. I mean, like these long, you know, two three day festivals would always be held at Wilmer's Park, and then, and then, and then from there, I mean, he even, you know, the rave scene, all of that, you know, a lot of parties were thrown there, and as you know, I mean, uh, the, the festivals that uh, that you do there, Nick, all of them had, you know. It had, you know, not only the like the live music, but it then also had DJs and stuff there as well, and that was that was huge. And um, yeah, Good Charlotte did one of their first major shows at one of our um, festivals. Yeah, out yeah. Ninety seven yeah. at sunset. Ninety seven. Oh my god! Before anybody knew who those wow. kids were. <laughs> so I yeah. mean, all the way up. I mean, it, it was. It's a uh, you know, it's amazing the the the, the you know that place. You know the history that it it it, it entails. I don't think a lot of people actually. I remember the, like the first time I ever saw uh, Dying Fetus was at um, Wilmer's Park. Yeah, that was my uh, um, first concert there. I want to wait till Jason calls in to talk about it. But that's actually mm-hmm. first time I ever went to Wilmer's Park was to see Dying Fetus. But hey, yeah. I got Warlock on the line too, so let me get him cued in because oh, Warlock no. probably knows um, Wilmer's Park better than any of us. 
Warlock, what's up? Yeah. <laughs> what's up, man? How you doing? Oh. <laughs> Fuck, man. It's good to hear from you. God, I haven't talked to you Definitely, voice man. to voice in uh, 20 years probably, years. right? My yes, God. Yes, that is so true. Hey, so. Unbelievable. Wilmer's Park, how are you related? What's up, fellas? What's, hey, up, what's man? up, man? How have you been? Well, um, Mr. Wilmer's knew my grandmother, so I never. Um, through my grandmother. Wow. I bet you've seen some shit there, right? Yes, all the way from the Chitlin Circuit all the way up to when we started doing the metal shows. And also yep. doing the raves and the parties used to throw in. Yeah. So give us some stories, man. What is some of the craziest shit that happened there on your watch? Because I know you used to do a lot of security and coordinating and stuff like that. Uh, well, how deep we want to go, man? We want to keep it PG or we? Oh no, it's a rated R show. It's <laughs> nasty as you got it. Because I would say uh, once DCP hit Wilmer's Park, you got to be a fun place with the dippers. There got to be some crazy shit going on once the once the Walking Dead started showing up there. <laughs> right on. Yeah, sitting outside doing the dippers and getting all the dudes. Hey, motherfuckers crawling across the parking lot talking to God with some weird shit back in the day, dude. <laughs> dippers. I can't. I can't. I have, that word hasn't crossed my brain stem in 20 years. Dippers. See, dude, no, 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 we're talking about out there either. They're like dippers. Is that like chicken nuggets? I know you smell better than fucking sherm sticks. Yeah. Mm, sherm sticks for us. Oh, like, man. Dude, they had such such our own culture in that area. Oh yeah, dude. I mean, it it, it became a, it became its own little piece of Merlin within within the Brandywine Charles County area, dude. It was. I mean, you had the regulars that came through and did some cool stuff. Mm-hmm. But, and then just the guys that came down to promote, such as yourself, Nick. You know, you had guys who actually came to and actually loved music. It wasn't just about making money off the scene. It was like you know, coming out have friends friends play. Yep. Have yep. a band come through like Condemned and uh, like, you, like you mentioned, Diane Phoenix and the rest of them, but have them come through and just make friends with everybody. So it's like it became a family, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amen to that. Definitely. No lie. Yeah, and then, and then was, think about it. It's the only show you could go see, have a great time, see like Fairfax, you saw the tour, and you had no hassles of dealing with people inside the building. It was no egos. It was just. Uh, hey, you and your friends, come have a great time. There you go. Yeah, and there wasn't a lot of problems there. Try throwing a concert, like try throwing a death metal show with three or 4,000 people outside venue all day, people covered in sweat, drunk off their ass high. You're going to have problems, but Wilmer's Park, I never saw any of that. Yeah, it was like people took care of each other, man. It was great, especially like when uh, we had Napalm, what was it, uh, Nicola Blast? Records came through and did their festival with Borders Dying Feet. the first time you guys came through. Yeah. Then the hardcore shows, the 25 of Life, Next Step Up. First time Life of Agony came down and played the area. They even made a family down here. Mm-hmm. So let me ask I mean, you, maybe metal, you know the inside scoop, because I couldn't find the information anywhere. What happened? Why did Wilmer shut down? And when did it shut down? Because I'm kind of spotty on when they actually closed up for good. Well, um... Uh, the close of history went like this. Uh, it's basically an inner family fight between um, a daughter. Uh, you remember Jackie who used to work the bar, the little black girl that used to work the bar? Leslie. Yeah. Uh, I always with Leslie. She was put in, well, Leslie was the daughter. That's the one we dealt with the end. That's the one to help you get stuff with. And she would sit up some of the shows. But it just got down to and then dealing with um, 
people trying to push Anthony out the picture, and he didn't want to leave, and he was a cousin. I mean, it was just basically the family couldn't keep it together to let it work. Everybody wanted to do their own thing, and everybody had their vision how to make money off of the property. Mm-hmm. That is sad. And man. right now, there's a group there. I mean, the cool part about it now is there is a group trying to bring Wilmer's Park back. <sighs> I thought the buildings uh, were torn down. Is there still buildings even there? Well, no, the, 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 the property, the, the stuff on the property itself is, yeah, it's time-worn, dude. It, it, you ain't going to be doing anything with the pro- with the buildings, but they can redo the property, which is great, because that building needs to go anyway. Yeah, 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 and that building exactly. Been, that building had been there since 1921. Yeah, great. Wow. And then... And then, like Arthur, he he like in his will, he didn't even leave anything to his family, right? He was he. Well, no, no, no. He he left. I mean, the family was well taken care of. The problem came down to Wilmers. What happened was he broke Wilmers between Jackie and Leslie. Okay. He left okay. Anthony out, which made Anthony mad. So Anthony pro first thing Anthony did was he contested the will because he wanted he wanted Wilmers Park. Like he wanted sole running. He didn't want he didn't want the property, but he wanted the sole right to run Wilmers Park. Oh wow. And Leslie was making all the booking and stuff. And, and then the problem became you couldn't trust. I mean, it got down to where once I got out of the picture because I would work with him, but it's like, dude, you can't sign a contract with somebody. And two days later, you know, they're sitting there like with Nick now. And they did uh, did um, recess there. Yep. Mm-hmm. He knows the headache he went through trying to get that set up because Anthony would tell him one thing, Leslie would tell him another. It's like you can't do that to somebody who's trying to do a You know, they've got to promote this. they got people coming here, dude. You can't tell them. Two days before the property, or you sign your paperwork with the wrong person. Yeah, and, and I mean, like dude, that. me and this girl Mindy. I don't know if you remember Mindy, but we were at, not the one yeah, I used to date. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We were um, double booked for like the same week in the Tho Festival. So I remember we got into a little dude. thing because we got like she got booked by Anthony, I got booked by Leslie. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It was just stuff they do like that, and just and I told him, man, are you putting the bag? Are you got people who actually? Not coming here just to make money, but they enjoy the scene that they're on. They're, they got friends here, you know. And they're looking at this place as home. It's not, you know, it's not like they went up the road to a park or they went to a warehouse to do this. They wanted to come to Wilmer's because this is where they, you know, they can come here and know they're safe. Yeah, you're making them fight amongst themselves for no reason. Yeah, and then, then Jackie got control of interest and she got mad at both of them, so she took the power away from both of them. And then uh, the county, what happened? Then what happened was we tried to do it again. And then the county put up the stupid noise ordinance for them, meaning that we had to put up uh, noise petitions, which were $5 million, and no one had the money to do that. Ooh. Then Leslie came back with uh, uh, a real estate group that wanted to put townhouses there. But yeah, I remember that. Yeah. that and Jackie, yeah. Jackie had to fight that because Wilmer's Park is a historical it's a historical site, so we got that for it. So now it's just trying to get everything cleared up so they can actually rebuild. But the problem is it won't be the same. No, nothing no, ever no. is, man. And I mean, I know Odell yeah. can contest to this. Almost everywhere we ever played in bands is shut down, or moved, or totally changed. Like it, oh, it'll yeah. never be the same in the DC area. Oh, so I mean, yeah. everything. Food for Thoughts not doing shows. Metro's gone. Coffee House is gone. Yeah. Um, the Asylum is gone. Like all them places are gone. Nine Thirty yeah. moved. Black Cat moved. Like it's totally yeah. different and commercialized. Well, Tracks um, is gone. Still trying to do a little bit more, yeah. Black Hat is still trying to do a little bit more with the local scene, but they're hard to deal with because it's basically there is what happens with DC is there's no more DC punk scene. Exactly. <laughs> once I left, yeah, I had, once I left Warlock, man, that was that was. It was I remember when we tried because 
the only way that we were able to get in even close to playing the Black Cat is we you had to know somebody or know a fan yeah. that was that sound or that or yeah. yeah. And um and hence that's why they started losing money, so that's why they built the side stage or the smaller stage. Uh, plus, you know, I mean, plus, the bad part you got now with the area is nobody knows how to make a fan base. Everybody wants bands to bring everybody in, and it's like that's not – to a point, yeah, bands should have a following, but it's not a band's job to put people in your club. It's their job to entertain the people in your club. And you should exactly. know the thing that your people want to bring the bands in to entertain them. Yep. And that's kind and of what I wanted to do with Little Guy Productions. I was like, dude, I don't want to just play in a band and like have other people control what I'm doing, and, and it's a crapshoot. I want to build my own infrastructure. I want to like get all these dude. other bands, promote them together. We all come to each other's shows. We all bring people. We become that family unit, and we grow strong. I didn't want to just like play in a garage dude. like fucking Josie and the Pussycats and wait for Mr. Big to drive by and discover me. I wanted to like burn my own trail. And I think that's what a, yeah, that's I, lacking a lot in all music right now. Well, no, what happens with that is you get it's it basically comes down to ego and people not know how to doing it, and people not some people not understanding that the system has changed itself thanks to a lot of the internet and a lot of stupid things that the guys on out there. I've been on both things. I mean, I came through with terrorism, met you guys when I was doing can uh, Carlos Demise with Richie and everyone came off of you know getting signed and getting dropped from Columbia Records. And the record industry, I mean, greed destroys everything, and it's too late to see it now. But yeah, definitely, the music scene was great when records and tapes were six and eight dollars. Who yeah. wants to pay twenty dollars for a fucking two song CD? And then you, and, and, you, and then you also great. got yeah, you also got to look at it now. Back in the day, they used to they used to, you know, back in the day they used to groom the bands too. You know, they used to yeah. they used to. They used to take a raw talent and and work with. Now it's like you better come in with a certain amount of downloads yeah, I mean, and a certain amount of rings. All that crazy crap. Man. Well, yeah, like, but the, the bad part with that is everyone. The industry needs to go back to gold being the standard and platinum being the plus. And right now, mm-hmm. you know, one one million platinum is the standard. And it's like you're not going to get a young band that's going to do one million platinum unless you, you can you barely know, get a band get boy like eleven band twenty thousand. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, unless you're a young boy band with 50 million little teenage girls chasing after you, and yeah. TV has talked about you enough, yeah. uh, you better learn that. how to work if you want to go platinum. And they need to get away from producers and get back to fucking. I mean, I hate to say this, being on both sides of the spectrum, but they need to get away from producers. Producers don't make music. Producers produce CDs and they get it out there. But they're not the, the creative people. They're not the creative mind behind what's getting made. Right. So, hey, of course, everybody um, go to like. Real quick, let me get Jason in here because I've got Jason on the line from, uh, of yeah. course, we were just talking about dying fetus. So, let's get him in here. Jason, what is up, my friend? Hey, how you doing? Good, man. <laughs> hey, we were just talking about um, Wilmers. We got Odell on the line, Jimmy Swader, and Warlock. All right, on. What's up, Jason? What's up, Dave? So, hey, digging real deep here. Wilmer's Park, what were they like to deal with with you guys? Did Misery Index ever play there, or was that after Wilmer's Park's time? Was it just Dying Fetus? What was your experience there like? Um, First experience is in the late 80s when I went there when I was in uh, high school, and we found out that we could go there and, uh, and get beer. It served. <laughs> so 
we started going to shows there, and they we, it was kind of surreal to just walk up to the bar there and ask for a bud, and it was like no questions asked kind of thing. Yep. Um, it, and then they started doing a lot of, you know, I believe it started out in the 60s. It's like a, I think, wasn't it like a a venue on the Chitlin circuit? Or, yeah. 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 Started off with, yeah. Like, yeah, we were just talking about it. Yeah. Well, by the time we, I started going there, it became more of a rock club, and it was just rented out for rock and metal shows in the early 90s, and then Dying Fetus played there for the first time in 93 or so, and then, and after that, I don't remember them having shows too much more well into the 90s after that, so. Yeah. Well, we did our stuff there in 97, 98, and I think the club, yeah, it went up to, was it, still it going. Yeah, it made up to 2000, yeah, it made up to 2006. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah I mean, for regular metal shows, about, the metal uh, was... Park? Do what? I told Jason the cool woman's park story about dying fetus. Yeah, you know, yeah. Anthony in the name of the band. <laughs> um, King, King came down from deceased, and we're putting all the stuff together with sadistic torment, and we're trying to get bands together. And Anthony was just starting to realize what basically death metal and you know uh, grindcore was. We're getting all this stuff coming through, and the first time Jason Dan, uh, dying fetus came through, it came through with these flyers. Oh, yeah. Showed a lady getting. So the woman giving birth in a bathtub. <laughs> and all this, Something all like these, that. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, but it had all the fecal matter, all the stuff, and on the bottom of it, it said dying fetus. And Anthony had a fit. He's like, we can't put this on the bill. You can't have a band name. That is so, and I'm like, what's the problem, Anthony? He's like, this this, this dying fetus thing, what is this? What is it? They can't do that on stage. They can't throw fetuses at people. I go, Anthony, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's, it's a pretty terrible name, but we were young and just trying to come up with something offensive. And oh yeah, it was mission accomplished. I don't know. Oh yeah, dude, that yeah. was brutal. Anthony with the band was just. Then you guys showed up and it was just brutal, and he was just like for the whole time. Yeah, he was. They were always cool about it. They let anybody play there, and it was. He didn't yeah, care right. if it was like music that he didn't wasn't into, or mm-hmm. him and the other guy I talked to. I think his name was Solomon. Yeah, Solomon and Anthony. Yeah. Well, you know, you've played all over the world, Jason. Is there something special about Wilmer's Park, or are we kind of over-romanticizing it because we've only played in our little pocket of the world? Or is Wilmer's something actually pretty special? It is special. It had some pretty historic shows there. I mean, for the kind of music I play, there was this, um, this extreme metal label, Relapse Records, had a like the first festival there. It was called the Nuclear Festival. Like yep. in '93, and it was the first time. It was the first dying fetus show, whatever, was at Bomber's Park, and a lot of other underground bands played there in the early '90s that went on to get a lot bigger later on. Mm-hmm. So at least for for the extreme metal underground, it has kind of a special historic sort of footnote there, I guess. You know, Absolutely. for one type of genre that like all kinds of music is you know come through there, but. But for the genre I was a part of, it certainly plays a little historic yeah. role. I wish they would do a documentary or something. Let me go over to Jimmy Swader. Jimmy, you still with us? Yeah, I'm here, bud. Now, did you see Dying Fetus before you met Jason and all those guys? Or did you know Jason before you ever started going to the Dying Fetus show? 
fetuses? I think is I, that met, how you say I it? met Jason at uh, the Bayou that night when we were in your Can-Am. Oh, God. More Blades more <laughs> Unleashed and Entombed. The Bayou? That's There's actually somebody yeah. who did a documentary about the Bayou last year. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I think that's, yeah. I think that's yeah. where I met yep. Jason. Yeah, it was on TBS. Yeah. Jimmy, well, were you into the band? Were you into Dying Fetus before you met Jason, or did they come on your radar because you met Jason and he was like, I'm in this band, Dying Fetus? No, I've never really listened to him until, you know, afterwards. Yeah, we so weren't we were even really together dumb. then. I mean, that, that yeah, more Hazel show was in 1991, and we didn't even form the band until a few years later. So, yeah. Say, first time... I heard a few dying people through a friend of mine named Matt Talby. Matt was friends with a couple of with some of the band members. When he joined our band, he brought in some music they were and I was like, Oh, yes. And then I had a friend named Vinny who did uh who was like super fan of his at at, at the time. And then of course the guys in Sadistic Torment and another band called Sadistic. Yeah, they were peers of ours. Played with them a lot. Yeah. He actually got us to show at Wilmer's the first show. Well, he mm. got us on the bill to open up for him. Yeah. Well, you know, and dealing with those guys at Wilmer's was crazy, too. I remember the first time mm. I threw a show there, I, I can't remember if Warlock, I think you introduced me to Leslie, and you were like, work with her. Yeah. Let me introduce you to her. And um, I went down there, I talked to her, and she said, listen, um, if this person calls you, I can't even remember whose name it was. It was like Darla or something. If Darla calls you, do not talk to the woman. She's nuts, but she's going to want to try to get involved in the show. And I call, and she called me at Wilmer's Park like they had a phone at the bar. And somebody was like, are you Nick? I said, yeah. She's like, hey, Darla's on the phone. And this was the person that, like, Leslie, and I might be getting her name wrong, Leslie warned me of. And we're talking, and she's like, oh, you sound sexy. Do you have a girlfriend? And she was asking me if I wanted to have a threesome with her. And this was like five minutes into this fucking conversation with this woman I never met. And then um, the next day, Leslie came up to me, and she's like, I told you not to talk to that Darla girl. She's crazy. Why did you take the phone call? I was like, dude, I didn't know who it was. I was like, that chick is nuts. She's like, yeah, stay away from her. She'll wreck your show. And it and you know I'm 23 at the time 24 like I didn't know anything yeah. about anything that was just totally nuts to me but nutty shit like that yeah. happened all the time at Wilmers. Oh yeah, dude. Now Wilmers was out there, dude. You could you could go through uh, four stages of life dealing with Wilmers Park. Definitely, yeah, but, uh, and it's, and my first show. Let's talk about our first shows there. My first my first concert there was actually you guys, Jason. You played on the small stage, and it was like, we came there, and I was all excited. I was like, somebody I know is playing a concert on a stage. And I remember I asked you if we could come backstage, and you're like, dude, there isn't any backstage. It's Wilmer's Park. And I was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. But the first actual all-day thing I went to was Rollins was supposed to play, and it was um, yes. God and Lucy Brown. Were you at that with me? Yeah. yeah. yeah I haven't heard that like, name in a long time. Yeah, I was thinking about it today, and it was like super muddy. It was almost like a Woodstock thing, and people were just throwing mud and rolling around in the mud because it got rained out, and Rollins never came on. But like the first four bands played, and I remember like Lucy Brown was like the, the shit back then, and um, everybody yeah. just rolling around in the mud and having mud fights, and then it just finally got yeah. raining so bad they kicked us all out of there. 
But that was my first like all day Wilmer's Park experience. Yeah. No, Jimmy, my first one first... Yeah, get ahead, Warlock. Yeah, I said my first one was coming home to Wilmer's was with Cycle City. And we played with uh Raftout America. And they told us we were coming to play at Wilmer's Park and I'm like, dude, that's a black club, dude. I grew up there. That's my you know, remember on the bus we were talking, I'm like, dude, that's a black club. I go, well, it might. we get there, even it's like 1,500 kids, and I'm like, this is the craziest shit I've ever seen in my life. I mean, they were just, it was a, I mean, it was a great time, but then, like I said, you go outside and the dudes with the drugs, and I was just like, you know, you see cops walking around, and this dude smoking weed, and the cop just walks past him, and I'm like, really? Now, I mean, you're hiring those cops for security, but basically you're hiring those cops so no cops come and arrest you. When you're a real, that's what it came down to. That's, yeah, you know, once we, they would call them off, and unless we had to have, you know, well, they would do the incident reports. That's how I learned how to do all my security dealing with them and everything. But that show with Rapchild was my first eye opener to what Wilmer's Park it became. And it, like I said, it stayed that way for a while. It really didn't die off because they started doing the raves. They would do the, they would do uh, the hippie festival and stuff. Yeah, they would do the Rainbow Tribe stuff. Yep. It's Squirrel and all the guys, and it was. Like I said, it gave you a smorgasbord. The only thing that we had problems with at Wilmer's was trying to do the go-go's. And, you know, that's the only thing they wouldn't, they did twice, and then they wouldn't do anymore because you just couldn't stop the fighting. Really? I saw a lot of footage from Wilmer's of different go-go's. I was under the impression they happened all the time there. Nah, we did we did a, we did a Trouble Funk go-go, and they tried to do the Godfathers of, of, of go-go with uh, Rare Essence, EU, Wow, and blood where sweating. Yeah, and it's just... I mean, they would come out with fucking goddamn golf clubs, dude. They didn't know how to act. Holy shit. You know, man. Yeah, I know. You've seen some shit there, Warlock. Yeah, you know, yeah I remember. was just like... We were supposed to I'm see... Uh, me and Ben's story went up there one time to see um, what was on the flyer. It was, it was a whole bunch of go-go bands, and then Ice Cube was supposed to be the main... Um, Body count or Ice Cube? And and uh, and um, we got like through two go-go bands, and then all of a sudden you heard gunshots, and then a fight broke out, and they were like, "Sorry, show's over." And we all had to roll out. I'm like, "What?" Was, I, mean, I, I mean, there was a ton of people there. That was yeah, the first one I had ever gone there. Yeah, that was the only was that crowd. body count, yeah. Odell, or was that Ice Cube? No, no, no it was Ice, ice Cube. Cube. Body count. Yeah, yeah, ice yeah Cube. this was Ice Cube. Was, uh, oh, Ice Cube. I'm thinking of yeah. Ice Cube. Yeah, this is when I could be solo. So it was like right at, it was like 91-ish. I think I was yeah, senior in high America's school. Most Wanted. Yeah, it was just yep, America's yep. Most Wanted tour. Yep. Yeah, and, I remember that. He was, to, he was supposed to be at Warmer's Park, and me and Ben, Ben Story rolled up there, and and we, I think, I forgot who the first two go-go bands were, and there was somebody else, and yeah, they first didn't get to the first one. Uh, Blood, Sweat, and Tears was the first go-go band, and the second one was... Not Air Raid. There's another smaller band. Yeah, the, yeah. They the fights broke out right before EG was supposed to go on. That's it. Yeah, wow. and and and, and yeah. stuff broke out, and they were like, "Sorry, yeah, gotta go." Yeah. So, what was it like playing there, Odell? After going to all those shows there for so long, I like was that crazy. I mean, the, was the, it surreal? It was. It was. It was. To me, it was because I've always been big in music, so I always used to hear the stories because um, where we used to practice. When we practiced at uh, Dave Knight's house, he wasn't too far away from there. So his dad would always talk about, you know, just like because he lived in that area. And when we were saying that, yeah, we're getting ready, you know, we'll be playing Wilmer's Park and stuff. And he was just like, 
bringing up all these stories because, you know, from where he lived, he could hear everybody. He couldn't go to the show. He was a white dude, but he could, you know, he couldn't go to the show. But he could hear, like, he was like, I remember when James Brown played there, and I was, we were just sitting out on our front porch listening to James Brown the whole night, you know, and all these different acts. And, like, you know, so that, for me, I was like, man, we're playing Wilmer's Park. That's pretty freaking cool. And, um, yeah, it was cool. I, I loved it. I, it like like uh, Warlock said, you know, once you're in the confines of the venue, man, it's just like your own world, your own um, – there, there was no fights. There was everybody getting along. You, you see some people that, you know, may have taken something they shouldn't have taken or drank a little too much. You know, no one was trying to be stupid. You know, they were helping each other out, trying to make – you know, stuff like that. So. Speaking of drinking too much, I remember um, the first concert we did there, Sunset – Pat oh, Sheen Pat. started drinking at like eight. We had to get there before they even opened. It was like eight in the morning. He started drinking vodka. And I said, Hey, do you want an MC? We don't have anybody to like introduce the bands. And I thought it would be cool to have someone come up. And Pat would introduce the first band, which was like a social extramen or whoever it was, just some local DC band. But then by the third band in, Torch came up and, um, he was just so wasted. He was like, I'm going to introduce you to Pork, the other white band. Uh, uh, dork. These guys are dorks. And, like, they, they were just trying to get him off the stage. It, it was classic Pat Sheehan, dude, having him MC. Well, I, like, oh, yeah. I think by, like, one or two, he, him and I forgot that girl that was with him. Christy. They were both, yeah, they were both passed out under, like, some trees back where they had the little bleachers set up in, in, in between the, the, the field and then the smaller stages. And they were both out, like out on the ground. Uh, and people would come up and be like, Pat, Pat, uh, you know, hey, aren't you supposed to be announcing the other band? And, you know, the next band, you're like, oh, uh, you know. <laughs> oh, <God."> yeah. <laughs> that was classic. Hey, hey, hey. I got a question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, did you get a chance to play all three stages, or you just played one or two of them? We um, only played the small I, stage and even Steven. With uh, uh, Onus, yeah. we played the big one, the one out away from everything and then we played the small one right across from the building the second the second time because each, each of them brought their own their own scare stories when you get to play on like the down the outside big stage at the back was it was small in the front but when you got behind it that bar dropped behind the drummer yes <laughs> yes i was the drummer so yeah i found that out the hard way yeah, then the inside stage is not knowing where to step that you might go to the floor or have the ceiling come down on top of you. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it was a beautiful uh, nightmare. Hey, you know, tonight's show oh, was dude, Jimmy's was... idea. Let me let Jimmy chime in here. And I think we lost Jason, right. but let me let Jimmy chime in here with some of his favorite Wilmer stories because he actually suggested we I do this show. I'd love to hear him. Uh, dude, I, we know we're talking about the ceiling and shit. One thing that I do remember when uh, Cannibal Corpse was playing there, Chris Barnes and fucking dreadlocks got stuck in the ceiling. He was all trying to get them all when he was singing and shit, man. It was memorable. <laughs> and then me and my brother, me and my brother used to go there a lot too. Fucked up. And one thing I do remember, I mean, I did a lot of shit back then, just like everybody else did. So I don't remember exactly every show I went to, but I've seen a shitload of bands there. It was a kick-ass place. But uh, August eighteenth of uh, nineteen ninety, Sacred Reich was playing. It was the night of my brother's funeral, and uh, it, it was cool shit because he dedicated Surf Nicaragua to him and fucking gave him two free shirts and a backstage pass, which was cool shit. Oh, that's awesome. Ah, yeah, all right, sweet. Yeah, that show was Sacred Right, Napalm Death, and I think Fear Factor. 
Yeah. I'm glad you remember all them shows, man. I can't remember every single show I've been <laughs> I mean, Warlock is almost like the walking embodiment of Wilmer's Park. I mean, he's got Wilmer's Park running through his blood, man. That's why I wanted to have him on, because I know you've yeah, got all awesome. the stories. We're still waiting yeah, for, like, nah. the craziest of the crazy, Warlock. Oh, yeah, no, nah, my plan here, my craziest my plan is we play with Condemn, which is uh, Jason Taylor and Jody Bodum's band. Right. And it was the first time they got together, and uh, they were friends with us. And they came to the show. We were playing a show with a band called 20, uh, Life on Trial. They were basically with a hardcore band called Life on Trial. And we decided to let uh, Condemn do a few songs so people get to know them, and we were all friends. What happened was uh, Jody unplugged my cord from my amp, and I didn't know it, and I threw a tensor tantrum and just broke up all my fucking equipment that night, dude. That is the worst. It's like, and there was other things that added to it, you know, shit we were on, but I just, that night was just like the weirdest shit I ever went through, and made it weird as this dude rebuilt my guitar for me. <laughs> Who is this? And I got it to this desk. Well, well, back up. Who is this? Um, can, we had we did a show with uh, Life on Trial. We had uh, right. Jody Bodum's and Jason Taylor's band condemned. Jody Basham. Yeah, Jody Basham. And the band I was in had Chris Garfrey in it. And the funniest part about that was is we were doing the whole legalized weed thing. We would put weed all over our flyers and everything. Got it. And the night, that, the night before that show, Jason, Chris, Jody, Rich, y'all them. They rolled up like a fucking duffel bag full of weed in the joints. We do a song that was called Legal Lies. And at that point in the show, Chris is throwing weed out in the crowd. Yeah, we like, used to do that with Ionic, too, man. It was awesome. Yeah. Yeah, he would do that one. But uh, that night we let Condemn play for us. And I was dirty and pulled my, my, my guitar cord with my amp. So I kept getting shocked every time he because it wasn't grounded. So every time Holy I go shit. to the microphone, the same, it would shock me. Oh. Yeah, I got super pissed and I'm sitting there fighting with the dude they had doing stage monitor and he couldn't figure it out. So I just basically incredible hawk the city. I mean, I destroyed probably about three grand in fucking equipment. And I end up throwing, breaking my guitar and throwing it out of the crowd. And he hit this dude upside the head. Holy he shit. Went, he comes to me bleeding. I feel bad, dude. But he has me sign the nick of the guitar. The next year when we came back and played the show with Sapatura. At the big outside stage when they did when they started doing the uh, basically the end of the summer festivals with the big bands coming through, right? He came up to me with uh he came up to me and rehanded me. He remade my guitar for me. I got it oh, to this day. He rebuilt the that guitar. That is nuts. Said <laughs> so that makes you feel bad or is, good. It, at the time it weirded me out, dude. But then I realized it was Wilmer's Park. Yeah, that's and the, the kind of place it was, dude. By the way, Jason just uh, messaged me. He's got a show tonight. He's getting ready to walk into the club, and he had lost signal driving. All right, all right, so he sends his regards. We've got a couple minutes left. Let me ask you this. I'm going to go around here and start with Odell. All that yeah, shit that happened back then, Little Guys Productions, even Steven, Kid Dynamite, Onus, like, was, we didn't think anything was outrageous about that life back then. And then when you look back on it, you're like, holy shit, how am I even still here? Do you think we're like... <laughs> looking at it, and we're making it seem like more crazy than it actually was? Or was it crazy then, and we were just all nuts, and we didn't even notice how crazy it was? No, I, think it, I mean, we did crazy stuff anyway, so that was just one more 
thing to add to the list of crazy things that we pulled, you know, that we ventured into and pulled off. Um, I thought it was awesome. That was just us, man. That was just what what we are and still who we are. I mean, you look at some of the of course, stuff back that we then do you were now. young and going to live forever, dude. Yeah, yeah, and 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 and, and, I'm, and I, you know what? And I am so glad that all that stuff happened, man. Because you know when I look at you, you see you see you see things going on now, and you're like, man, these kids have no idea. You know, oh, they, they, dude, you would get killed <laughs> exactly. if you did this shit. If you ran across a cop doing some of the shit we used to do, I remember one yeah. time we were at the canals and the cops um, went down there and busted us, and they were being dicks. And I said, hey, and this was back in the government cheese days. And I was like, hey, we're in government uh-huh, cheese. Maybe. People started flashing pictures. And he's like, why are you taking pictures of us? I was like, dude, you guys are cool. I want you to be on our album cover. And we were like all chummy with them afterwards, and they let us go. Like, you couldn't yeah. do that. Yeah, yeah. You'd get full warning shots. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, today you either get tased or shot, dude. Oh, you would get tased. You get beat down. Tased yeah, in real the fall. Well, back then, you know, I realize, you know, you're back there, you're being creative. You're, you're not really seeing yourself as being wild, but you're being open to what's around you. Exactly. Exactly. And, everybody, and, 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 it, was, and it was fun. It was, I mean, what, what, I mean, it was Charles County. What, what, what else is there to do? You know, it wasn't yeah, like. You're, you're, well, it's Southern Maryland. Don't even think it's Charles. It's Southern Maryland, dude. Southern Maryland, yeah. yeah. You know, the access to the it wasn't fully. You know, so it was like, you got to do stuff. Yeah, you got to do something. <laughs> well, you know, it's interesting I mean, what you said, Odell, about how you don't regret one moment of it. You're glad it happened. Is it weird to sure. you when you talk to people and they go, oh, man, I, I regret that lifestyle. I'm so sorry that I used to, like, rock and roll and party and play shows and do all that. Like, that seems bizarre to me when people say that they actually regret that they ever had all that fun. Is that bizarre to you like it is no, to yeah, I, I, I don't, I, you know, it's what if you were doing something that was regrettable, then yeah, then if you if you pull some shady stuff that you knew was regrettable, then yeah, you're gonna have those guilty conscious feelings. But for me, I mean, it was fun, man, and 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 I enjoy it. I think that you know, I have you know, I have three kids now. You know, Susan, she was all, a part of all of that too. And, and you know, we sit back now, we still, talk, I mean, I still wear my recess that shirt. He was still going to the kid dynamite said that we, we handed out. Dude, that's a that, testament that, that you could still get into it. I couldn't get into a fucking shirt from 1997 now. <laughs> that's <laughs> still, insane. Still got all the bands on the box. You can see them night clear as day. You got the Guardian comic, you know, logo and all that. Oh, my, man. Wow, that's, you got the stash, the kind of, man. Yeah, that's the kind of stuff, <laughs> man. That's, you take that to heart, man, because you're not going to get that back. You know, you're not you're not going to get right. those memories back, those moments back. I mean, so you know, well, I can tell you. I mean, it, that's some stuff. You sit back and you just, just there's days where you're just like doing something, and all of a sudden you just start laughing because you remember something that you yeah. did. You know. <laughs> yeah, and it's crazy to me when anyone could say they regret it, right, Warlock? That's nuts. When, and I'm not talking about yeah, shady well, shit, smoking crack. Well, no, no, like I tell people, I, I regret. I regret the people that we lost during that time for some of the things going on that we lost because of partying, but I don't mm-hmm. regret the partying. Yeah. is what we did. Plus, to me, when I look back at Wilmer's Park, I see it as this great big southern Berlin bonfire day that everybody yeah. came to and everybody became friends. That And everyone time, was welcome to. Right. Think about it, dude. I mean, Wilmer's Park became, became the most diverse place in the area. 
That's true. With everything that was going That's on true. at that time, Wilmer's Park became the most diverse place in the area. And it wasn't about and, – and we live in Southern Maryland. And we go through class, and we all went to the schools, and you all went to, you know, this group didn't talk to that group. This group didn't want to be around that group. But you tell somebody on Friday that you were going to Wilmer's Park, and motherfuckers be like, where is that at? The day they showed up, it changed everything. Yeah, amen to that. Absolutely. And that's what's strange, dude. Like, looking back, when you think about our childhood, everything was such a different ball game back then. Just like you said, I remember when I went to school, it was like, oh, you've got long hair, you're a headbanger, you're this or that. And then when you get in your 20s and start going to Wilmer's, I don't think I ever went to Wilmer's until I was in my early 20s. And you see, like, your whole world just kind of opens up when you walk through Wilmer's Park. And I broke my bones there. I mean, there wouldn't have been a Wicked Sand Jam if I didn't get my experience throwing shit at Wilmer's Park. Like, I I would have never yeah. been able to pull off a sand jam without, like, first taking those baby steps through, like, Heisman was step number yeah. one, and then, like, playing around there. And then Wilmer's Park was, like, that quantum leap where I was like, oh, my God, dude, I'm a promoter. I can actually throw concerts. This is fucking ill. And, mm-hmm. you know, that gave me the confidence to go out and do other things, and I was surrounded by a very supportive, cool group of people. You know what I'm saying? Right. Mm-hmm. You got to feed your creativity and your energy, and you got to, you know, take that chance and that step. Dude, what's the regret in that? Exactly. How much you regret growing? I don't know. Like I talk to people, and they're kind of like, if I didn't spend my twenties partying and playing music and doing shit, then instead of being this successful at forty, I would have been this successful at thirty. So I think in their mind, no, they kinda, no, even no, though they no. weren't doing crazy shit, but, like they kind of feel cheated out of ten years. But no, I told him about the bad. No, you wouldn't. You've been sitting at home in your basement, mad at the world because you had no friends. <laughs> or you would have been you regret regret the nothing. fact that you never did any of that stuff. All right. And I go, you go into Women's Park. If, if it didn't turn, here's how I look at Women's Park. If it didn't turn you into a drug addict, what is there to regret? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, dude, I, I don't see that I'm even. Mean, in, I mean, like, I don't even see I mean, it to turn people into drug addicts unless they were already off the rails to start with. Jimmy, but what do you no, think about everything yeah. being said here tonight? Um, what, think, how did Wilmer's awesome, Park man. change your life? I'm hearing all kinds of stuff I've never even known about Wilmer's Park, like Metallica. Yeah. Uh, I guess Odell was saying the Metallica played there. I never even knew that. Yeah. Yep. They're a hidden yep. gem, dude. And, I mean, there's been, like, what was that uh, Maximum Rock and Roll? I remember they've done articles yeah. about Wilmer's Park. So, I mean, there's yeah. national recognition, but average Joe on the street doesn't know anything about Wilmer's Park. Yeah, well, now, so they can't understand a, what we've been through, what we experienced yeah, now, growing up going there. It's 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 not now, We're not even doing it justice tonight talking about it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, no, like you said before, you asked about a documentary. And there's a series called the, Anacod- the Anacostia Delta series that a PBS is doing. Mm-hmm. And I think they I might be that. adding, they just did the Bayou, but I think they might be adding Wilmer's Park to that. That would be amazing. I want to check out that body one. And that's another good club that's gone. All those places, oh, yeah. Chamber of Sound, Bayou, Asylum, oh, yeah. like all those places we went to, man, they're all gone. It makes me yeah. feel like an old man looking back at all the places we played and hung out at. They're all gone. Tracks was another big one. You know, they weren't really big on bands, yeah. although Bad Brains, I know, was played. Bad there. Brains rocked it out, though. Yeah. <laughs> But um, well, well, track, yeah, I mean, well, those grew up because of well, the difference between them and Wilmers is you know it was that uh, the area outgrew those clubs. Yeah, yeah. And you know, with the yep. city, then we're going to do with the area and what was going to those areas. Wilmers Park yeah. itself 
it, that one you can see where the scene itself was just slowly going to die because of the way the kids coming up behind each other were. And it's just the, the kids. And to me, I look at the way people do things today, and the kids look for six minutes of entertainment. It's not the same thing. You know, and I could be wrong because you know they could be out, it could be gruesome for us out there right now, bomb you know bonfires down in Southern Maryland somewhere, just waiting for the next one was park. That's true too, so, man. I, I mean, so, I, man. you know, I don't want to be down on the youth of today, and I'll let Jimmy chime in first. But it doesn't seem like like we come from a very DIY, do-it-yourself culture. Oh, yeah. Well, we we you know we went out there, we put those flyers on those flagpoles or telephone poles or whatever. We got the word out, word of mouth. We called people on landlines or paged them back in pager days and hit them on pay phones. It was like this is going on. It like it reminds me of the "You Can't Bring Me Down" video by Suicidal, where everybody's like tapping, oh, yeah. whispering to each other. Like there was that vibe going on. And I just kind of feel like something is lost today with all the social media, right, Jimmy? Social media has kind of wrecked any kind of pure rock and roll scene, right? Yeah, I mean, uh, I used to go to, which was close to here in Virginia, it used to be Jackson, and they call it Empire. Right. Yeah. And mm-hmm. they, just closed, they just closed that down. And, like, now the closest places to go is Baltimore, Frederick, and Richmond. So it's kind of like, you know, I I go to shows and I see these kids out in the pit. And I'm old school mosh pit, you know what I mean? They're out there looking like they're wheelbarrowing and all this shit. So what the hell is that shit, man? You know, laughing at them because of the type of shit that they're doing out in the pit. You know, where's the old school circle pit at? (laughs) I mean, they're probably just, like, like I said, I don't think people have the same drive or fire. Let's say fire. I don't think people have the same fire that they had, the youth doesn't have the same fire because they sit and look at screens all day. You know? Well, no, you also got to look at who's going to be the spark, dude. It's just, old man Wilmer's thing was, he, you got to find that person who loves the crowd themselves that's doing it on the end of having the building, you know? Old man Wilmer's thing was, he really, you know, he wasn't worried about making lots of money off of it. He wasn't looking to make, you know, he didn't, he didn't care if he didn't make three grand in one night, you know what I'm saying? If he did 800 yep. bucks and the place was packed and people had a great time and they knew who he was, he was happy. You know, he could go home, he would sleep tonight and be like, dude, we had a great time here. Yeah, and, you know, that's one more thing, too. I know I went through Leslie, but I feel like, and this, I don't feel like this was abnormal, right before we even signed anything, she took me into the house, which was next to Wilmer's Park, and introduced me to old man Wilmer as almost like a vetting yeah. process. Like, let, let him get the vibe and if you seem shady or you seem like you're in it for the wrong reason, then it doesn't matter. We're not signing these contracts. And once yeah. I met him once, it kind of got the, yeah, he's cool from him. Then it was yeah. like I could just go down there whenever and do whatever the hell I wanted show-wise. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, give him two weeks. You had to give him a month's notice. But, yeah, you could run through him. You could put stuff. And today, I mean, I deal with it on both ends. I mean, I still do promotion. still got this drum a new band, which will now be called Agnostic Lullaby. Nice. Selfish singles, Pope. You know, self-promotion there. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I was just trying to do, you know, try to get everything together. And it's just, I look at club owners as a promoter, and they don't want to do any work. They don't they don't understand, you know, make your place worth coming into. Yeah. You know, most club owners we deal with now, they want to chase ass. And, okay, here's the first rule of being a club owner. Chase away the women. The guys ain't coming. Yeah, I, that's know, a good you know, place you, to end, too, because it's 9 o'clock. Let me get everybody to have the last word. Warlock, last word on Wilmers. If you have 
couple sentences what you want the listening audience out there to know about Wilmer's Park. Let her rip. What do you want America to know about Wilmer's Park? Wilmer's Park is the past, the present, and the future of what a good concert venue could be. Sweet. Jimmy, uh, same thing. What do you want the world to know about Wilmer's Park and your experience there? Sum it up for us. Great metal, great friends, great place to be. All right, Odell, top that. I know, that's tough. Uh, I'll just say with Wilmer's, man, it's one of the most diverse places. Not too many places you can go and see a go-go show, a metal show, and like a funk show all within the same like month, week, or two weeks. And a rave. Yeah, and a rave. Absolutely. And, you know, like I said, I broke my bones on Wilmer's Park. I learned so much. Dealing with Wilmer's Park, it was my first professional-type gigs. Yeah, I booked at little bars here and there, but it was my first giant endeavor. So I owe a lot to Wilmer's Park. I wouldn't be doing these show. I wouldn't be doing this radio show if I didn't have a history right. of promoting, and I wouldn't huh. have been a promoting if it wasn't for Wilmer's. So I owe a lot to those guys, man, and I just want to shout it out while I'm on the air and give them their props because nothing happens in a fucking oh, yeah. back. You know what I'm saying? Yes, so I, I know say- why I'm here. Yes, I will give a salute, and I'll call out your names. Old Man Wilmers, Leslie, Jackie, Solomon, and the one and only, and never will ever be again, Mr. Anthony Watkins. Very nice. All right, let's end it there. Um, I was hoping JR would call in, but I know I think he had a situation this week. So, But I am going to play some Next Step Up, because that was a man that was very heavy in Wilmers. Oh, hell yeah. This is an old man. we got to do this again. Yeah, we will definitely do this again. Warlock, thank you so much for going in. Got to get you on our show, too. This is my only social life, guys. This is the closest. I'm drinking a beer right now. This is the closest thing, except in the summers when I come back east. This is the closest thing to social life. Not your father's root beer and drink one with you. Right on. (laughs) Very nice. All right, guys. Thank you, Jimmy, for calling in. Odell, next Wednesday. Are you ready for the Orwell next weekend? Or next Wednesday? That's going to be a big right. one, man. That's going to be a big one. All right, here's some old school next step up, Fall from Grace. Good night, guys. Later. Uh, good night.